and welcome. Uh, we're going to continue to move along here the best we can to keep uh, the momentum going. So we'll have a couple updates uh, for today and then probably just some general discussion and Sally will cue us in if there's anybody from either Senator McSally or Senator Cinema's office on. But I fir first, I believe you have Kari on from the city of Mesa, Sally, yes. to give us an update on the Mesa CARES program. Uh, a little bit about what's going on there and some things that are uh, evolving there as Mesa tries to uh, infuse into the community so we can all get back to what, what we know was normal, I think, Sally, 12 or so weeks ago, it seems like now. So with that, I'll turn it back over to you and uh, you can introduce uh, Kari further here. Yeah, Carrie Kent has been with the City of Mesa quite a while, and we're just fortunate to have her this morning. She kind of ran over to her office so she could be on this call with us to give us some uh, Mesa Cares updates. She left a council meeting to join us, so I appreciate that. Carrie, um, we're just going to turn it over to you because I know you're limited for time, but we, we are grateful that you are here to join us. Thanks, Sally. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn. And thanks, everybody, for having me today. It has, um, it's been a whirlwind here in um, not only the nation, the, the country, um, but in the city of Mesa. And, um, and I want to talk a little bit about what we are doing with some of our CARES dollars, and particularly how it's affecting um, some of our um, elderly community, and not just the CARES dollars, but we also have um, some updates I wanted to give you about some other funding sources that are being used to help um, some of our elderly um, in, the, in the community. So I'm gonna back up a little bit. So in March, the city of Mesa launched a Mesa CARES initiative in an effort to connect individuals, families, and businesses who were um, impacted by the COVID-19 um, pandemic and connect them to available resources that we have in the state and um, in the city. So the city of Mesa received federal funding from, federal funding from the, I'm gonna read this because I always mess it up, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. So it's the CARES Act, which is where we get our Mesa CARES um, branding. And Mesa was fortunate that we received direct funding from the federal government because of our population. So cities across the United States and counties that were over $500,000, and there's 36 of those in case you were, you were interested, received this direct funding. So in Arizona, it was us, Phoenix, Tucson, and Maricopa and um, Pima counties that received this direct funding. And there was a formula allocation for that. And so the city of Mesa received $90 million um, that we could utilize for different uh, programs. So before we even got that money into our account and before the US Department of Treasury even gave us any guidance on what could be funded, we reassigned over 100 city employees from our city libraries, our arts and cultural staff, and our parks and recreation staff, um, because all of those facilities, and we still have those some of those facilities that are closed. And so we reassigned these folks to personally make uh, phone calls over a week period to um, a number of our um, individuals, our user groups, our businesses, our nonprofits, and so forth, to get a sense of what the priority challenges were in, in this community. And so then based on that feedback that we got, um, we created a Mesa Cares website, and then we also had our librarians stand up a virtual uh, Mesa Cares Community Resource Call Center, and we had a dedicated, we still do have a dedicated helpline of 480-644-CARE, and those individuals, our librarians, were able to help people that um, that to connect them to resources. And then as we began rolling out some of the Mesa Cares programs, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, we started adding those to the website. So Bob, I'm gonna just quickly turn to you. If you can share your screen, I just wanna share with you if you haven't seen our Mesa Cares website, it's um, Mesa AZ, um, it's mesacares.gov is, is the website. We'll bring you right here. And if you um, scroll down a little bit, you can see we are open right now every day from um, eight to five. And we started adding a number of different um, programs and scroll down just a little bit more um, under resources. And this is where 
um, we started based on those community assessments, we started getting and hearing, um, hey, can you tell me information about sheltering services, about food? We were getting calls from about healthcare, internet access, veterans, and so forth. So we started creating these uh, categories. So for example, if you go under senior um, citizens here, we listed a number of, there's a, a drop down screen that's there, and we started listing a number of different um, resources. And so our librarians um, were working one on one with people that were actually calling our care center and directing them and trying to get them in contact with certain, with certain agencies. Um, and then why don't you go over to healthcare, just because we have those kind of two focuses right here. Um, we started adding a number of things about testing and um, about where um, they could have access to healthcare services and so forth. And we listed a number of our, our nonprofits. And so, um, so we started this and then as we started rolling out some, um, some programs, we started adding to this. So this could be something, I'm sharing this, that you could go back later, and if you look at um, our Mesa Cares website, if there's something that we are missing as it relates to some of the resources that you all may have on this call, if you can let me know, because we just keep building and building um, this, this website. So I just wanted to, to show you that. So then I'm going to go into some of, the, some of the programs. So when we got the data back from our residents, the number one concern from our residents was food insecurity. They were very concerned. Um, there was a lot of job loss in the, in the community. And um, so there was a, um, a lot of issues about how they're gonna have access to food. And I see Mr. Richens just joined us on the line. Hello, hello, Dave. So um, what we did is, is um, we quickly rolled out. So our Parks and Rec Department um, quickly um, got a lot of um, uh, guidance under the tutelage of Mr. Richens here uh, from our United Food Bank on, on how to roll out some food distribution programs. Um, Dave, Dave was awesome in working with us and he'll tell you that he went from 500 households to 2,500 households in a matter of in a matter of weeks, and started working with us to um, actually relocate his Friday distributions over to our Mesa Convention Center, which initially started right in in the parking lot there. But with the increase of what was happening, um, we started um, working with with Dave and also Midwest Food Bank, and at the convention center. We literally moved into the convention center and our convention center now has become a, a food storage, uh, distribution, packing. Um, and if you go over there now, we actually had to increase the number of days from Fridays to Wednesdays and Fridays as well. And so we brand this uh, Mesa Cares Feeding uh, Mesa uh, program and um, and so we've started. Um, so if you go by those um, on those days of the week, it's it's very busy. Busy. It continues to be very busy. I think um, last week we were almost at 200. We were at 2,000 um, uh, households that that we were serving there. So we have those food distributions on the west side, but we also have on the east side of Mesa. We started working with uh, Midwest Food Bank and the House of Refuge, and so we know that. We have residents in, in especially East Mesa, Southeast Mesa, that are utilizing the House of Refuge um, site as well. And we are seeing a number of elderly that are participating in those programs as well. We also realize that we have individuals that can't make it to a distribution um, site as well. So the city started a Adopt-A-Grandparent program where we are working with uh, food boxes and either our staff or members of um, uh, our volunteer community are actually delivering those food boxes to our homebound uh, individuals. Um, we are actually, I see Mark Young that's on the, on the call. We have AmeriCorps volunteers that, um, I don't know Mark if they they're, think they're getting trained up right now. They're actually gonna be relocated um, for the summer over to our convention center as well as Midwest Food Bank and House of Refuse, and we're gonna be uh, utilizing them to help with food distribution. And our plan is uh, through the summer, through August 30th, that we will be at the Mesa Convention Center and um, providing uh, food, food boxes and continuing to work with the United Food Bank at that location there. 
The second part of our Feeding Mesa program is actually our restaurant buyout program. So we are actually, it's kind of two, two benefits to this program. First, we had restaurants that were, were uh, closed. Some were doing some curbside or delivery services. Um, and so we are actually uh, buying meals from restaurants as well as um, we have our caterer at the convention center that's making meals as well. And those meals are being delivered to senior, uh, senior living facilities. We initially targeted, there was three hot kind of zip codes in, in the city of Mesa, many of which are where our hospitals are located at. And so we started um, this program in delivering meals to those senior living facilities that are in those zip codes. And we've now um, spread that out through the entire city, as well as delivering meals to our frontline healthcare workers. And I know we have people from Banner and Dignity and uh, awesome, um, it's, been, it's been great to see the response and the participation from our community, from our caterers and our restaurants, and then making these deliveries to our awesome frontline healthcare workers that can't leave their facilities as well as the senior living facilities as well. So and the restaurants is truly um, love to participate in that and it certainly gives them additional income because they've been struggling during this time um, as well. And then the third part of Feeding Mesas, we've started doing uh, canned food drives once a week. And one of the challenges that we had is for our food banks and our pantries in the, in the community is not being having access to canned foods because of all of the rush to get those canned foods, the buying that was happening in the grocery stores, a lot of those um, canned foods were going directly to the grocery store. So every week, once a week on, on Wednesdays, we are actually having a food drive to be able to replenish those and, and give those to the food banks as well as to some of the pantries in, in the uh, community as well. We also have worked with uh, Aster uh, Aging does the Meals on Wheels program and they have seen an incredible increase in the number of, of uh, elderly that's been impacted by COVID and some, some of those CARES dollars are going to Aster Aging so they can continue in meeting those needs of the um, community as well. And then I wanted to mention um, a little bit um, about uh, another, uh, another couple other programs, Mesa Cares programs. Um, we went to council last week. Uh, we have a, um, during this pandemic, the city hasn't shut off any utilities for non-payment. And, um, but at some point um, there is gonna be concern from those individuals who are delinquent, uh, have delinquent accounts right now. And so we actually, some of the Mesa Cares dollars are going to Mesa Can. Mesa Can already runs. It's a nonprofit non here that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Um, and they work with our low-income uh, individuals and to qualify them for, um, for a variety of different programs. So we provided some additional funds to Mesa Can. And actually what our staff is doing is going through all of the delinquent counts that we have for our city utilities and turning them over to Mesa Can. And so they're outreaching to those individuals to see how they can help and helping them um, pay off their, their delinquent accounts. So some of the dollars are going to there as well. We also have a homeless initiative that the Mesa Cares Fund uh, under the guidance, the treasury guidance allows us to utilize some of these monies for um, homeless uh, initiatives. And so we currently have a program called Operations Off the Streets that has a number of, of city staff from around um, the city and working with our nonprofit partners um, we are um, finding individuals that are, are on the streets and um, talking to them and trying to get them into sheltering uh, services. Um, we have leased 50 hotel rooms in Mesa where we are sheltering individuals. Um, we are targeting elderly and families that, that are on the street. And then we're providing them this temporary shelter, providing wraparound um, services so that they can get back on their feet. Um, we are delivering food boxes to those individuals as well as hot meals that's coming from our restaurants and our convention center so that they can have um, some hot meals as well. So we're continuing to work on our homeless initiative as well. And then I just wanted to mention other programs. Uh, Monday, uh, last Monday, our city council adopted a senior low income discount rate of a 30% for water services here in the city of Mesa. 
We are also running this through um, Mesa CAN. Um, we have a couple of eligibility requirements being 60 years of age, um, making sure they are a, a permanent residence, and then um, Mesa CAN will qualify just like they do on some of their other services. They have a, a formula regarding income and so forth. And so that starts on July 1. So we're gonna be starting an education campaign and letting the community know of this uh, senior discount for water services. And then also as we're getting into the summer, we have a, if you don't know, we have a, a city electric department here in the city of Mesa, five and a half square miles of our downtown area is our city of Mesa electric. And we do have a summer electric assistance program for low income individuals. And so you have, you can get a discount in your electric rate for July, August, and September. And our energy resources department works um, on that program and and uh, tries to get people, makes people aware of that so that, um, and we do have a number of elderly that participate in that summer program um, every summer. And so we are rolling out that right now as we're getting into, into the summer. And then um, I think we have um, someone from, from Oakwood on the, the line also. And, and my understanding, I think, is it um, Sherry? Sherry? Yeah, Sherry. Is it Sherry? <laughs> Hello. Um, and, uh, uh, and so I was informed that you had received some, some funding uh, this year from our human services uh, funding, and you're working on programs for the elderly and therapies and so forth in, in your uh, organization. So we appreciate that the work that you've done with our human, human services funding um, this year and all the work you're doing at um, Oakwood as well. And then understand too, you're also at our Red Mountain Center and you've been working with Roger and you've been providing your services, even though our, our Red Mountain facility, actually the gym just opened a couple of weeks ago, but Sherry's been in there providing great services with uh, with her staff and still running her programs, even though that, you know, unfortunately that we closed, but they were able to continue their programs and providing services as well. So we appreciate all that you've done um, during this um, pandemic for us as well. So that is it. And a lot of this rolled out in literally the past two months. It's just been kind of crazy. But, um, but the partnerships, I think, that, that we have developed, it, it forced us. Uh, we had great partnerships with a lot of nonprofits before. But I tell you, we had to go arm in arm with many of you. And we had to learn a lot along the way. And we're still learning. We you know, had bumps in the road, but we had great mentors here on this call helping us. And uh, we appreciate all that, that you have done. Um, we're continuing these programs throughout the, the summer. Our CARES dollars, they do need to be spent by December 30th. That's a requirement under the, the uh, US uh, Treasury guidance, which is why we just had to move quickly, um, but it's been great that we've been able to share some of these resources with members of the communities and really do some really great things. So with that, I will, I will stop. And if there's any questions that you all have or any additional information or anything else that we could do to look at, I am, I am open to, to all of that. Carrie, it looks like we have a question from Dave Richards. Yes, Mr. Hey, Richards. Great to see you. Me too. Hope you're well. Hey, um, I was just trying to get a, a, an idea of the numbers out in at the um, House of Refuge distribution. I haven't really heard how many people they're serving there, uh, if they need more help, if they're good, what, what's, what's the status? Right now, I think they're good. I think, um, and even Sally and I were talking about, I know like their, their first week, they were around 80. I think you said last week, they were still, at least on your Thursday, about 80. I think it's about a couple of hundred that they're serving. We're really trying to push out. Um, we're, we're helping them on our, our website and pushing that out through social media, those Thursday and Friday events. So we're going to continue to ramp that up. We're trying to do some, we did some next door in that in particular areas of, of Southeast Mesa to let people know. So right now they seem to be good um, as far as volunteers and, and so forth. And they also they have a group that they already were feeding before this. And now they have these additionals, but they seem to be uh, doing just fine at this point. Good, good, yeah. good thanks. Anything else from any Billy, any other questions yeah. there? Thank you from Dignity Health. 
Yeah, the meals have been amazing. I, it's just been great. The the restaurants have been awesome. Our caterer, um, we actually, our caterer, we have a lot of restaurants that are supporting the, the healthcare workers and the uh, senior living facilities, but our, our convention center caters doing a thousand meals a day. And those are actually going to, um, some of them are going to Paz, they're going to Salvation Army, St. Vincent de Paul. So they're being um, delivered to some of our social <clears throat> services agencies. And so, um, and, and also, as I mentioned, to some of the, um, those meals going to some of our homeless that are in um, the hotel rooms right now. So being able to have a hot meal um, is, is uh, it's a surprise for some of these individuals. And so it's, it's just been great. The, the participation that um, from all around the community, it really has been a community effort, but that's what Mesa's all about, you know? Carrie, so, yeah. we'd, we'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our friend, Willie Black and Waste Not yep. as our delivery partner for those. As for those of you guys on the call that may not know, United Food Bank acquired Waste Not as a subsidiary organization last July 1st. And uh, they specialize in prepared food rescue and, and redistribution. Uh, so food that might go to a landfill won't go to waste. And uh, Willie came on board um, last fall. And uh, if Willie is a former solid waste director for the city of Mesa. For those of you who are very good at routing and logistics, and he's got, just got an incredible mind for it. And uh, thank you for that partnership with Waste Not. They've, they've done a great job. It's been fun to watch that uh, blossom and develop. Yeah, Waste Not's been in, been awesome. So um, yeah, back in the day, I was Willie's boss. So it's just kind of funny. It's come full circle because then I had to work with them now um, on on this program. And so um, we are we are providing some some funding even to to Waste Not to do meal deliveries um, for us. One of the challenges initially that we we um, we because all of our parks and rec facilities were uh, closed, we literally had all of our parks folks, I mean, they were driving trucks for Waste Not, um, for some of the food banks. Um, they were um, they were awesome. And then we I had people them- people accounting. You, you have people over here helping us with accounting. <laughs> we had, we did, we had a parks accountant. <laughs> we had people all over the place and it was, it was awesome. And then all of a sudden um, there was a, a desire to, um, with the executive order lifting um, some of the um, facility closures, I had to take my parks people out of some of these uh, operations, which was tough. And it was actually really hard as much as they love parks and recreation, they really loved what they were doing in, in the food business now. And so they were a little heartbroken that they actually had to go back to their, some of them, their real jobs, um, because they were just doing such meaningful, meaningful work. So we've been um, having to, to plug in now with a number of, of volunteers in some of our food distribution um, programs. And as I mentioned, having AmeriCorps, we have 20, 20 of those um, folks that are coming over to help us as well, but we've got the fire department involved with their connector programs and we still have our convention center staff that's still running that program at the convention center because um, we we don't foresee large conventions in in the near future. So they've been um, they've been running that. So if you go you it's just been interesting to see some of our facilities turn over to different things, but that's what's it's been really you know, we're really grateful for the opportunity and the staff has just been been awesome. So yeah, high praise to Diane and Luis and Jose and Jose and all the people down there just have been absolutely incredible to work yeah. with. And I even have yeah. a few Tempe residents who live, who uh, work for me that goes, you know, we always joke, we never go to Mesa for anything. Mesa's staff is amazing. Oh my gosh, they were. She was just gushing about how impressed she was with the work they're doing. So, thank well, you, thank you. No, they've been and and you know, Mark. We have a great Parks and Rec director that um, just jumps in and, and does everything. And and Dave, you've worked closely with him, and he's really appreciated all your guidance. So thank you, thank you for that. So good, thank you. Anything else from anybody? So again, thank you all in the community for what you're doing. It's a really difficult um, time, but if we at the city can do anything to, to help out your organizations, if you can um, let me know, we, we, um, we're, here, we're here for you all and we're all in this together and, and whatever we can do to help. I think that's it. Thank you, Carrie. Thank we you. We appreciate you being here this morning. All right, I'm gonna take off folks. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Bye.
All right. Well, that is a, a lot of fantastic work. I mean, I have two pages of notes just uh, on all these programs, very impactful, utilizing city uh, resources uh, when they're not being utilized for the normal job to reallocate. I mean, a lot of that stuff is, you know, probably will, will be forgotten at some point, but certainly it shouldn't be. I mean, that is a great community effort uh, to do all of these things here from the food drives, uh, the homeless initiatives, the hotel rooms, the discount programs, not shutting off people's utilities. Uh, you know, that really makes a, a positive statement about utilizing those dollars in the right spot. And many of those things impact uh, the things that we talk about and have direct impact to uh, some here on the line in their facilities. So uh, very, very proud. And uh, it's great to see that uh, happening. So um, with that, uh, Sally, do you have anybody on from any of the senator's offices by chance? Michelle Avon. Let's get an update from Michelle. Absolutely. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Some, some finally exciting stuff happened in the last couple of days. Um, so the Senate passed the House version of the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act uh, by unanimous consent this week. Um, we are confident that the president will be signing it shortly. So what that does is it kind of, it makes it a little bit easier for the places that have received the PPP program. It makes it so that the forgiveness is for expenses for longer than eight week covered period. Um, it eliminates the non-payroll expenses, the 25% cap there. Um, and it eliminates restrictions that the loan term be two years. Um, so we're very excited about that because this was a lot of input put in from um, the business community saying like that some of the restrictions on the program were not great. So um, we got that passed. We're expecting the president to sign that into law shortly. Um, two, a couple weeks ago on the 21st, I believe we introduced um, legislation called the SMART Act. Um, what this does is we'll give more money to local governments. So one of the biggest issues, as Carrie had mentioned, is that only cities and counties with populations over 500,000 um, people got direct funding through CARES. So this legislation would expand that. Still not perfect, but it does make it to where more local governments will get direct funding instead of having to go through the state and having the state disperse um, funding, which was really delayed this last time. So it would provide another $500 billion to state, local, and tribal governments with certain um, quotas. So one of the tranches that it would be based on is population size, infection rates, and then revenue losses. Um, what it also will do is allow cities who did get direct funding through the CARES or through the state to be able to use that money as well for revenue replacement, which is one of the biggest flaws to the CARES Act is they can't use it for revenue replacement, which impacts Arizona a lot because we rely a lot on sales tax for our budgets. Um, so this would allow them to meet those budget shortfalls. Um, also, the Senator sent a letter to the GAO requesting that they kind of do a little bit of research on how we could have responded better to this pandemic so that for future pandemics, we can respond better. Um, she sent that letter out on the 29th with Chairman Lankford from the, the Homeland Security Committee, um, the subcommittee for regulatory affairs. So that I can also send out to Sally so you guys can have a copy of that letter. Um, it, it's important that we respond to these crises better. So this will hopefully give us the ability to do so. Um, update on the next package that we're hoping to have. Um, it's still very, very early in negotiations. Um, there has been some movement. Leadership has decided we need another package. So that's, that's positive. Um, and the Senator is working in a bipartisan way to try to get as many needs as possible. So if you guys have anything that you feel was missing from the last packages or new issues that have arise, please let me know so we can get that to our legislative folks to see if we can get that in. Um, Sally, I do know that we are fighting really hard to have 501c6s included in those programs. Um, so that's one of our biggest priorities. So any other issues, please feel free to send to Sally and Sally can send to our office so we can make sure that we're getting the input from people who actually need the funding. So um, as always, our office is willing to help in any way that we can, whether it's businesses for PPP or idle loans, which are still very problematic send them our way. 
Um, same thing if you have any clients or employees or anything that are having issues with unemployment or anything along those lines, looking for resources, send them to us. Um, we've hired on, I think it's 12 new social workers um, to kind of help us manage the influx of issues that we're trying to help with. We're stepping kind of outside of our normal roles and trying to help in more ways um, and as many ways as possible. So please, I'll put um, the email that you can reach out to for any of these issues in the chat box. Um, we respond as quickly as possible, usually within a day or two. So send them our way. You can also send them my email. That's fine too. And I think that's the updates that we have. Fantastic work. Uh, really appreciate the efforts of the Senator's office. I know these are, we continue to say unprecedented times and you know, have to be unconventional, right? And do things differently, but I think everyone's learning a lot. So uh, keep up the good work, the extra changes to uh, the PPP I know will be needed just following a lot of that, you know, reading things on, on the news or different places. So I think there's a lot of positives that'll help a lot of businesses that much needed the eight week period eliminating uh, seems to be the big sticking point. So good work there on that. Any questions from the group for uh, Michelle? All right. Thanks, Michelle. We appreciate it. As always, appreciate your time jumping uh, on the calls as well. Uh, you've, you've been here all, uh, on every one, I think, and, and it's much, much appreciated. We'd love to hear the updates of what's going on in Washington and the commitment from the Senator's team, uh, especially as it relates to aging, health, and wellness. So keep up the great work there. All right. Moving on, uh, do we want to get, uh, so just confirming Sally, Matt's not on uh, from Senator McSally's office. You don't see him out there. If he is, he's on with just a phone number and I can't tell. Okay. So. Okay. All right. All right. Is Sherry still on and we'll get an update on dementia Sherry, friendly? Sherry is on. Yeah. All right. There she is. Great. So we um, are pushing through on helping to make Mesa dementia friendly. Um, we are in the final stages of gathering all the documents we need to submit to Dementia Friendly America. So I would say hopefully soon. Um, we're waiting on um, two more pieces of that puzzle, but that is, um, I think we can get that done soon. Um, Banner, so before the coronavirus hit, we had been planning on um, as a committee completing some training um, on dementia, dementia friends, and then hopefully getting some members of the committee to be dementia, dementia champions so that we now can start training the community. So um, Banner Alzheimer's Institute is putting on those trainings. Um, there are three that are coming up soon. Um, that they're doing virtually now. So um, it would be great if members of, of this group who are interested in becoming a dementia friend could be involved in, in those trainings. Um, Sally, can we get that emailed out to the group? I will send it after this meeting. Awesome. And then along with that, um, the committee had been working on a dementia-friendly survey so we can do an assessment on what the needs of our community are. And thanks to our friend Bob, um, he, he created that into an electronic survey for us. So we will be able to distribute that um, this week, which will help us to identify our roadmap as a community to get things up and moving. So. We have a link for that survey that um, we would appreciate if anybody on this call could send out to your networks um, so we can get as much input as possible because um, that will really help us as we navigate figuring out how to make dementia, MESA dementia friendly. So um, we can send that link out with, with the trainings. Karen, do you have anything you want to add to that? Did I cover it all? You did, yes. Okay. And that was in my notes. You just covered. Thank you. <laughs> so how's, anybody, it go, how's it going at Oakwood? It's going great. We um we did have to transition to be virtual. Um, we are working with an infectious disease expert to be able to reopen <coughs> successfully. Hopefully soon. Um, back in, but the I mean we have. 
learned a lot with that you can do dementia care virtually and we will continue to be able to provide that moving forward. So, so I guess that's, that's where we are. It's good. Great. All right. Thank you, Sherry. And appreciate all the hard work on that and the challenges through this time to try and provide that care. Uh, you know, personally, I know some family and friends that have loved ones that are suffering and some of the challenges around the services are certainly uh, being recognized and noticed uh, there, but keep up the good work. Uh, everyone's adapting, right? I think that's one of the things that we have learned through this whole entire crisis is how to adapt and provide services and do things differently. And for that, I think we will be better going forward because we're we're utilizing technology and trying to connect. So um, very proud of uh, a lot of the advancements uh, I think we've seen as a result of this and the engagement by the community as well. So. Uh, with that, uh, Sally, we didn't really have a formal agenda, I think, just because uh, partially we're kind of stuck in the Zoom world right now doing this versus being able to get hands on. But I think uh, the discussion earlier from Carrie in the city of Mesa was very informative. Uh, if there's any resources, I think, from anyone on the, on the, the call here can add to that, that robust list there. I think that's uh, very beneficial. Uh, glad to see that that resource is available and maybe we can get that out to the chamber members as well, just as a reminder what's available on the city website. So uh, with that, we can open up to the group for any discussion needs or things that we should be thinking about uh, as we pivot around this committee temporarily. Hopefully we'll be back together soon at the chamber office uh, at some point in continuing the work, but we're doing some things in the background that are, are laying the foundation and continue now to, to go upward. So with that, I'll turn it over to Sally and the group. Okay. Well, let's get some updates. Um, I'm just looking around the screen here. Um, Mark, do you have an update from United Way? Yeah, we've uh, we've reopened uh, our Vita uh, office there at United Way. We're doing taxes there three days a week and are opening up sites at Mesa Can and, uh, and we're looking for a couple other places so we can get that done. So we've been meeting with clients for a couple weeks. Mesa Veterans Resource Center is um, Hiring some new folks, hoping to be back open, uh, fully functioning next week. <clears throat> Helen's Hope Chest is packing up clothes and deliverables to people who had appointments in March and are uh, trying to get caught up before they reopen, still trying to figure out the best way to do that. The uh, Mesa Youth Unite is the AmeriCorps program that Carrie was talking about. We've got uh, we had four kids, young people start uh, yesterday. We have 10 more, I believe, coming in on Monday. And uh, they're working to support, actually to take over those spots where the city's parks and recs folks were working because they need to go back to their space. So those young people are gonna be doing that. Um, that's a great program. Harmony Nelson runs that for us. So those students are getting trained and are prepping to get that work done. Um, we're working on a program with House of Refuge for some housing for aging out foster kids in downtown Phoenix. We're kind of in the beginning stages of that, but are feeling you know, pretty good about uh, some real possibilities there of housing those kids. Um, I, we are looking at how we're going to allocate and use the dollars that we've collected for COVID-19. Uh, quite honestly, I've held on to it at this point because I think that rental assistance and utility assistance and unemployment are going to be major issues uh, August and September when a lot of people have kind of gone through the dollars. So we're trying to figure out how best to use that money. And we've had several requests for rental assistance, um, you know, in the, between $1,500 and $2,500 range. So it's not it's folks who don't typically have these issues that are having some issues. So trying to find the best way to expedite that um, and serve as many people as we can. That's where we are. Great. Thank you. Um, Kelly, you're on. I can see you. I, or I, I see that you're on. I don't see your face, but do you want to give us an update? 
Sure. Yes. Hi, um, Kelly Kiefer from Banner, um, Baywood and Hart. So um, you, uh, I know Sherry had just mentioned the Alzheimer's Institute training. That was one of the things I was going to just reference. And then um, from an organization from our facility on Baywood and Hart's campus, just wanted to update this team around our uh, direction to become certified through the American College of Amer uh, Emergency Physicians in Geriatrics. Uh, we're looking at doing that cer uh, certification because our patient population is such that we take care of um, our aging population at this facility. So that is in the works. It goes very nicely with our dementia-friendly focus from the city. So I'm happy to be part of, of that as we continue to move forward. Thank you, Kelly. How about Cynthia? Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Uh-huh. Hi, how are you guys? So um, at Dignity, we actually, uh, obviously, I do want to get some information on the dementia friendly because there probably are some, I know there are some folks here at the Mesa Hospital that are interested in that, so I'll connect to get that info. But as far as the organization goes and current state of events, things are definitely picking up. Many of our other Dignity facilities in Arizona have reached max capacity for patients right now, which is unusual for us in June. Um, we at Mesa Hospital are starting to see an uptick and increase in positive coronavirus cases as well. Um, so just, you know, we know that this, we were preparing for this to happen after we reopened the state of Arizona. Um, we're a little bit hesitant as the protests have been taking place to see what's going to happen in another 7 to 15 days from that point. But just uh, for the awareness, obviously everybody sees it in the news, but we are definitely seeing an increase in activity right now. Thank you. Thanks for all your team does. Shane, you want to give an update from COPA? Uh, sure, absolutely. I, I, uh, I appreciate all the, the great information, and I feel like I really don't have a lot to add. Um, I do have a, a few of our staff in our uh, in our in-home program, uh, which I direct uh, signing up or signed up for the dementia friendly. And maybe I could throw this out as a question. There's two different ones. Um, I'm signed up for the one that's the the the, um, the champion. Are we having people do all the champion ones, or is there they're the the second one? And I'm not right now. Do you do you see what I, my question? Sherry? I think I understand your question. So the, the champion train, training is to become like a train the, train the trainer. So that okay. way then you can go out and do these dementia friendly trainings. Got it. So okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for me, if I did both, it's fine. Um, but like right now I have about 10 staff that are ready and willing to do it. They wouldn't do the champion one. They would do the friendly one. Right, unless you wanted them to do the trainings out in the community. To also add to that. Okay, all right, I, we'll decide on that. But yeah, that's what I'm here for today and uh, excited to get that going again. That's awesome. And then make Thank sure, um, we'll wanna keep track of people from this committee that are doing those trainings. So that way we can say we have, you know, 10, you know, 10 champions, 50 champions or whatever, we can kind of track the progress of, of Mesa and how many people are being trained um, through this process. Sherry, okay, sure, once you go. I was just going to get them done. I'll, I'll let you guys know as we get them done for sure. I was just going to ask that when, when you um, complete that process, do you get some kind of a certificate or something? Karen, do you, do you have the answer to that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you used to get a certificate. I don't, I'm assuming that they're still doing that, but I know when I went through the champion training, I did get a certificate. I don't know what they're doing virtually and they're doing it by Skype. So it's not going to be a zoom, but that'll all be on the, uh, the process to give you the, and the champion training actually is the same information as the dementia friends training. It just tells you how to present it. So I don't know what you need to go through both. If you have the hour and a half to go through the champion training, it gives you a little more in depth as to what kind of questions you might get during Dementia Friends. And so, you know, I would encourage as many to go through that if you can. 
So if you do go through one of the programs and you get some kind of a completion certificate, maybe you could just pass it on to me or just email me and I'll just keep a, a list of everybody who's gone through one or both of those. And that way we can um, turn that in when we're turning in our information. Um, anyone else? Um, I, I see Nanette's having a hard time connecting to audio. I know she's watching and listening. Can you hear us now? Yes, Nanette, we great. We had, okay. tech, we had to bring in a tech expert to figure it out for us. It was because the power button wasn't on. So <laughs> just uh, for the future, something to check. Um, we continued to do our uh, community outreach through the phone calls. Uh, we reached out to close to a thousand community members during the COVID pandemic, just to see how they were doing. And um, as Carrie mentioned, a lot of what we saw was that their main concern was um, access to food. So we did actually uh, uh, refer a lot of people over to the Adopt a Grandparent program, as well as the Meals on Wheels. Uh, we've now kind of moved away from those types of calls. And now what we're doing is we're following up um, on residents that have been utilizing the 911 system. So if they've taken a fall, or if for whatever other reason uh, they, they've been using the 911 system, it looks like they might need some help right now, then we have been reaching out to those uh, residents as well. Uh, unfortunately, uh, just like everybody else, we really can't do any visits at this time. Uh, that's our preferred way of, of uh, you know, uh, interacting with residents. So now we're just doing everything through phone calls. Um, so that's basically where we're at right now too. We have been participating in the food distributions. It's great to hear that AmeriCorps is coming in too. That's the more people, the merrier. But uh, we just happened to come in last week out of the food distribution, and it truly is a great, a great feeling afterwards. You know, to, to spend those couple hours helping those people out. Great, thank you. Lori, do you want to get this too? I'm sorry. This is Jean DeStories. She has joined our um, social services group as well. Awesome. So Welcome. Thank you. Lori, you want to give an update? What's happening at the summit? Sure, I'd be happy to. I'm Lori Marsh. I am the new marketing director over at the summit. I've definitely come in at an interesting time, but I work with Craig Alstrom Sr., who you're familiar with. Um, we are so happy that we are COVID-free um, and continue to be. I'm excited to learn about um, the Dementia Friendly Champion Program. I'll be looking that information up to see how we can assist with that, um, as well as this um, certification in geriatrics. Um, I sent a message to you over uh, Kelly, so hopefully you can see my chat on that, but we are certainly um, proud of the work that our staff has done. Uh, we've also been a recipient of Mesa Cares food delivery. So thank you very much for supporting our essential workers and hope that uh, we can just kind of continue on, just copacetic, nothing crazy, no big spikes, um, and continue to be there for our residents. Thank you. Thanks, how about you, Todd? No, we're, we're doing great. Um... It's a it's a challenging thing, and Lori, you can probably verify. But it's a challenging thing having a senior living community and being in lockdown. But uh, being COVID free is a knock on wood. We we don't want anything else to happen. <laughs> but uh, we are also COVID free, and um, it has a lot to do just with some great staff. Um, as far as the technology side um, of what we're doing, because I know we have the technology that subcommittee on there we are testing and piloting some new technology that possibly could help some dementia dementia uh, um my mind blank residents or uh, people with dementia but needs the specific care of the caregiver as far as tracking, um, when we were talking on the committee, we were talking about some different situations that happened and didn't end out very well with some things. But uh, so there's different technology we're tracking and testing to help um, seniors become stay healthier when reduce falls and be able to know and help track as those if they get uh, 
lost. We don't ever want to have a silver alert go out on the airways. Um, but uh, so anyway, we're, we're testing that out and we'll let you know some more results when we get find out a little bit more about those. Um, I know with senior isolation, with a lockdown, that's become a really big deal. And setting up Zoom or Skype or FaceTime for seniors, especially in assisted living because they can't even have family come out. Um, and this is possibly, possibly for uh, Senator Sinema's office. The regulate, or at least we could probably use your help, the regulations to far reopening up I think somebody wrote those that didn't have any practical knowledge on what it really takes to open it up. And so there's like guidelines that we have that before we can reopen up to the public, because we have to put out how a, a full plan, but uh, it's kind of like um, crossing a bridge with one foot tied and two arms tied behind our backs. There's, there's some very stringent guidelines and trying to figure out how to make that work is, is a, it's a challenging thing <laughs> before we can open up. And we understand we don't want uh, COVID or anything to happen, but uh, just trying to figure out how to reopen up and and uh, still fall within the guidelines of what is laid out before us has been very challenging. But we are, we're doing great and um, the technology side is, is, is moving forward. And uh, I know we have uh, me and some other staff members that would want to be on the dementia friendly and be the help be champions to train other people and uh, help on that side too, so. But Tony, I just sent great. you my email address. So if you wanna just send me an email with the concerns that you're having and the different um, requirements, we'll be happy okay. to see what, if anything, we can do. I will. In fact, it'll probably, I'll have it come from uh, our John Scott. Um, he'll probably maybe send you something, but uh, that would be awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Todd. I, I don't recognize um, the, the folks that have logged on with phone numbers. Um, so if your number is ending in 0895, do you have something to share? Okay, or 8280. All right, not sure who those people are. Anybody else have anything? I know we have some people from business here. Shelly, anything? I don't really have anything to say, but I'm thrilled to be on the call today. Um, I'm finishing up my term as a board member of Oakwood Creative Care and would hope my last hurrah is to empower all of our board members to become dementia-friendly champions and then their networks train others to be dementia-friendly. That's what I'm gonna do and bring it to Gateway Bank. That's, that's who I represent as Gateway Bank this morning and would hope to train all of the employees who are interested there to be dementia friends. So thank you for, for uh, giving me the Zoom link to be on the call today. Glad to be here. Sure. Hi, Sherry. <laughs> Glenn, I don't think anybody else has anything. All right, well, thank you everyone for your time today and uh, appreciate the input and everyone's hard work. Uh, we'll continue uh, moving on and uh, hopefully get a a better agenda for for next meeting as we start to continue to build and move forward here and we'll see what uh, unfolds and maybe getting even potentially back together soon in some smaller uh, socially distanced spaces uh, just to get a little bit of human interaction as well so uh, it's been uh, it's been a little challenging right I love everyone's backgrounds that are doing different things I think without getting creative and tired of looking at our own spaces so uh, with that um, I don't have anything further so uh, everyone enjoy your day stay safe and I look forward to uh, having everyone back here next month